I am not Addison McElvin, but this is Season 3, Episode 27 of the 126 Podcast, also known as Waterpalooza. Welcome to the one uh, Welcome to the welcome in. <laughs> I'm not Addison McElvin. Again, he wouldn't say Waterpalooza because he was embarrassed. I refuse so to say that. I had to do the cold opening or whatever he calls yeah, it as an it executive is. producer. Uh, I'm just wondering if we're going to skip the weave and have a Mac. Oh, we could. I could there make one let's, up right let's now. Let's see if he can work off the fly. We don't have a, a thing. Mm. I'll let you use my music. I don't want to use You're so music. generous, I want coach. my own. I want my own Sting. I think he's avoiding. Here you go. The Mac. You can All have right. it. I'm sure you prepared something. I don't want to take it away from Did you. Did you see my paper on the table? I see a lot of chicken scratch. Now, last, last week I said I would save this weave for this week. And I do want to save this week. You can put me on my clock or what? Yes. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to follow it. Well, this one might be a little long. Was, I mean, what well, was the purpose? You just setting you what up for failure. Listen. He, to call me out now, that I uh, wasn't prepared. I got to say this before I start the regular weave. We had our last assistant coach academy this morning mm-hmm. of the year. We've had a series of ACA meetings throughout the year. Every other month is in person. Every other month is via Zoom. Uh, this month, Coach O and I went over and sat in the Mesquite ISD athletic offices, which are very beautiful and fairly newly renovated, by the way. And in their conference room, we were uh, uh, did sort of a panel of athletic directors on the interview process. Coach moving up from an assistant to a head coach, a junior high coach to a high school coach, uh, head coach to a coordinator, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I thought it was very good. Coach O, would you agree? It was. I'm not tooting our own horn. Sure we are. If you listen to the last no. podcast, there's a lot of self-love at this table. Yeah. Well, it's okay. but it. You know, when you are, when you have coaches texting you as soon as the sessions are over, you know, talking about how good they are, wish it could have gone three hours. We're doing we're doing some good stuff. So I want to say that to say coaches listen to this podcast sometimes, and you know the reason we do an ACA is it, it doesn't accomplish anything for us really, except to make our program better, which is kind of our job. But uh, what we're trying to do is grow our coaches, right? Growing coaches is one of the primary jobs of an athletic director. And and that's what we want. We want our coaches to get better. We want our coaches to grow and move up in the profession. We want them to move up in our system. Um, If coaches are getting, we don't get to coach. We, so like you're just doing for our teams and our kids to, to improve, we have to go through the coach and, and the coach is the key to everything in an athletic program. So, um, I was really proud of what we did this morning. We'll have some some video of that. We did uh, we did record it, uh, but hopefully coaches got some good out of it. I think y'all just miss coaching, and well, you just want to coach. Well, coaches. we are coaching coaches. <laughs> we are coaching coaches, and we've said this before on here. Once you're a coach, always a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, anyway, that's really not the weave, but I had to say that first. Um, but it does lead into. As coaches, I think, I mean, as athletic directors, I think in addition to coaching coaches, we also have a responsibility to try to do our best to educate the community at large, parents, people who are interested in interscholastic sports. And um, 
so I wanted to save this for this week because I wanted to make sure and word it the right way. But uh, there is an officials, I say officials, I'm talking sports officials, referees. There is an officials shortage that we are in the midst of in the modern era right now. And for example, in the state of Texas, in all of our uh, certified sports officials, we lost about 11% of the officials from 2019 to 2020. Well, I'm sure growing. In some sport. Yeah, absolutely. Growing growing teams. Adding adding high schools, adding teams, adding sports. And if you, as those officials have been polled, of course, the, you know, THSCA and other like-minded groups look into this. Obviously, the UIL has has literally come out and said we are in a crisis mode for sports officials. Um, There's a few pieces of kind of a perfect storm, whether it's older, semi-retired or retired individuals who are officials getting out of the profession, whether it's young officials who are getting in and then getting back out or not getting in in the first place. And so much of it, according to the officials themselves, leads back to um, fans. Criticism. Yeah. yeah. And I and it's in interscholastic sports, it's that's kind of a sad thing to think because like right. you know, we're going to an athletic event to celebrate our children and their growth. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast. In sports, yeah, I'm getting to be a better player. I'm getting faster. I'm getting. I'm. I'm learning the offense or defense or whatever. My stats are good. Our team is winning. All that's great. But it's an educational process, mm-hmm. right? This is educational athletics. So, and I'm not talking about pro officials. I'm not talking. I'm talking about the officials that call our games. We we are having to rearrange seasons, literally. To, make, to try to have enough officials available to accomplish our sports. Illinois is one of the places that the crisis is worse than Texas. They've lost 36% of their school's officials over in the, between the last five and 36? 10 years. 36%. So they literally cannot go and have – I mean, they have to change the way they approach sports. They have to change the rules, yeah, to have less yeah, officials. Because they cannot come up with officials for a lot of their contests. And if what the officials are going to say is um, it's the way that they're treated, yelled at, criticized. Um, it's the treatment of the – it's not the game. game didn't change. Mm-hmm. The rules didn't change. Uh, the You know, they're not paid particularly well. Who wants to go get yelled at for – for 45 minutes for 30 bucks. Well, the answer is pretty clear. Not very many people. And what happens is the more the good officials get yelled at and get out of the profession, the only ones left are the ones that aren't as good. It becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy of poor officiating because we run the good ones off. And then here come the guys filling their shoes aren't as good, aren't as experienced. Um, and then the people who get into the profession aren't getting into the profession for the right reasons. They're, they're, you know, you, it just becomes a worse and worse problem. So um, this is an appeal. I'm going to tell you, the 23 states have enacted legislation to protect officials, increasing penalties mm-hmm. for people who 
assault officials, and and I don't mean by assault is not always physical contact. You, you know, you can have there are multiple variations of the definition of assault. In Texas, we have a penal code. It's due to House Bill Seven Sixteen, which punishes, which increases the penalty for an assault of anyone involved in an interscholastic sporting activity, whether it's the coach or the official or the bookkeeper or the clock keeper or anyone else um, that should be uh, accosted because of their role. <clears throat> so penalties are higher. School districts have to be more aware of it. We know we live in a society right now which is, you know, can teeter on, um, you know, people being – you said that, not me. But, you know, sometimes, I mean, it's it's a tough world that we live in sometimes. Yeah. And when you go to an athletic event, my point is this. It should be a fun, positive yeah. environment because it's school sports. If you are an individual who goes to an event and yells at the official, you're killing us. And I, I hate, I mean, I hate to be that blunt, but it is the truth. Mm-hmm. If we don't have officials... We don't have a game. Right. Your child, your children, our kids, our teams don't have a future if there aren't people that will officiate the contest. That is a necessity. And when you run off the good ones, and hey, you, your perception aside, really that interaction is not going to make the official call that game any better in all, in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, we've had an official's episode on this podcast. Probably going to make them get worse, really. Yeah. Uh, but... Over the long term, um, it'll be the death of sports if we're not careful. Okay, so um, just to give people some sort of answer or outlet or whatever, um, you may remember something from our episode with our officials. What is the appropriate way to discuss maybe an issue that you see with officiating? I mean, most of the time, little judgment calls that may have affected the, the game itself are not worth talking to the officials about any time to me in a high school sport or middle school sport. But if you maybe see that they're not making a call that, you know, you think it becomes a safety issue or something mm-hmm. and you feel like you have to talk to them, what's the best way to go about doing that? This is a, this is an eight or 10 minute week because this is an important topic to me as an athletic director, because I want our sports to be healthy. And that means the environment that the kids go in, in a mm-hmm. gym or at a field should be a healthy educational environment. Um, you're right. There are times when some, when the, uh, something with an official, a, a call, a, a, a or maybe pattern, they're not they're not seeing something. Should, yeah. Sure, should be addressed. There are two people in the gym that should do that. One is the head coach. One is the team captain, and the team captain should do it only when the head coach says it's appropriate. Team captain should be trained to do that and how to interact with the official. That's it. What if you know? Put your air quotes. What if every fan that came to a game for a given school for that campus, if every fan just clapped and yelled when they yell positive things about their team. What if? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, the officials who coming in and out of that gym, now there would be a lot of other people that would be affected by that impression too, but just the officials that come in and out of that environment would start to have good feelings about going there. That means the better officials are going to want to come there. That means when they do come there, they're going to be happy about it. They're going to have a good feeling about your team and your kids and the environment that you're teaching. And you're probably going to get better officiating. When the reverse happens, Mm -hmm. um, the good ones don't want to come. 
the ones who do come are going to walk into the gym with a chip on their shoulder already. And you are going to get a reputation that unfortunately is going to plague your team in the long run. It, it's not good for your kids. It's not good for your team. It's not good for your win-loss record. And ultimately, it's, it's going to be not good for our sport. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just one last little thing about that. Um, I think a lot of people don't give refs credit in terms of a lot of these people are former athletes. They are competitive. They're competitive with how they go about doing their job and they want to get better. I was very surprised one time I kind of got to sit in as these four uh, officials at one of the Unity Bowl games were discussing some calls from the first half. And the the less experienced officials were like using every second of halftime to ask questions about things that were happening in the game. So they, whenever they have breaks, they are talking about the games. They don't just show up, ref how they ref, and that's how it is. Yeah. Good referees get better every game, just like players and coaches do. So they are trying to get better. Most of the time, you don't have to point out the mistakes to them. They already know it. Like, even if they made a bad call, that doesn't mean that they necessarily think. Like, if they blow the whistle, that doesn't mean that they they are dead set convinced that that was the perfect call. They may go back and think about it later. Yeah. And just to give them some credit that they are a working professional who wants to get better at their job, they don't necessarily need you to point it out. For yeah, them. I mean, we could go to the old, the old uh, um, cliche about, well, how would you like it if you went to your job? And right. the whole time you're trying to do it, somebody's yelling, screaming over your shoulder. What a But it is true. I mean, we all make mistakes in our jobs, and, sure. and most of the time we don't get yelled at for it. Mm-hmm. And we have a chance to, well, that one didn't really work that well. I'm going to go back to the drawing board. Here's what every, I, I believe it would be beneficial if everyone involved in we're talking about school sports and educational environment right i'm not talking about the mavericks game we love watching the mavericks game that's entertainment value there's a lot of money involved very different scenario but in a school sports environment we're talking about the education of the student if everybody who walked in to interact with that environment if their first question they asked themselves was does what i'm doing or saying benefit that student, mm-hmm. then we would get the appropriate response nearly every time, I think, right? If, if, and that could see official too. Mm-hmm. It's got to be him or her that pursues, like, as you said, to get better at their profession, what right. they're doing to try to improve as an official so that the game can improve. But for a fan, for a parent, for a coach, for an administrator, for security personnel, if it was all centered on, is my role here, what I'm doing and what I'm saying, making this a better environment for a kid who is learning mm-hmm. and getting an education through this process, um, we'd probably have less people removed from our facilities. And I can tell you that is never good right. for our kids in our programs. Right. It's an embarrassment to the kid that's on the court or the field. Uh, it's an embarrassment to the school district. Mm-hmm. If um, sports are high emotion, they, yes, they are. But we are teaching kids to control and manage their emotions. Right. Not the opposite, to lose control and have to be, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, threatened with arrest in order. Especially when it's an adult control. getting yeah, removed. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's we don't like it, but it's one thing whenever a sophomore is being dumb and yelling some stuff and they get kicked out of the gym but if you're comparing your behavior to high schoolers as adults yeah. that's bad news now there's a lot of great places out there that, that we we try for our 
our facilities and our environments to, to set the standard. Um, mm-hmm. We continually work toward that. There are plenty of great fans in our gyms and in our fields. There are lots Most of coaches. Of them. Yeah, the vast majority. Mm-hmm. It's always the exception. You guys know that. But there are coaches all across our campuses who are working to make those environments really good. Um, but it has to stay a point of emphasis for us. Um, you know, there's a teacher shortage right now, too. There's a there's a coach there's shortage. There's pretty much everything shortage. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Um, but listen, 60 to 70% of officials who begin officiating are not still in it after three years. We like you need the people that are have been in it three or four or five or six or eight or ten years because those are the ones that have continually gotten better right. and like are your your most experienced better um, efficients of that game. So uh, we need to always be improving on that, or um, we're gonna we're gonna experience some slippage that's gonna cost all of us the sports that we really love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's more to it than that. Um, than just that game, that ref, that call. Yeah. Um, it does impact the future of the sport. But anyway, that was the longest weave ever. It was. And but but it's something that's kind of passion that I'm passionate yep. about and, you know, it's there's a right way to do things. And we want our sports to be di- to have dignity. We want our kids to, to have um, um, to participate in sports with ethics, with integrity, uh, with class. That's what we're trying to accomplish here mm-hmm. in our programs and it makes them stronger when everyone buys into that. Um, it it knocks a, a piece out of the foundation when people don't. And usually the thing that you see when people don't is, I mean, it, it just kind of is what it is. They come in and, and um, address the official, and that just doesn't go well. I always told my teams and, and, and parents, the official is my job. If the official's not doing a good enough job, trust me. I'm going to recognize that, and I'm going to address it. There's a way to address it. I know how to address it. Let me do that um, and because it, it just takes away from it when you don't. By the way, this is really water polo Lusa or is it water Polusa? Uh, you said Polusa. I got him to say it. <laughs> <laughs> there are officials in water polo. Water polo is yeah. a team sport. Mm-hmm. That we're going to get into in just a minute, but I think you got one more thing to do first. We do, but we have to we have to introduce our guest before we jump into the ozone. Good. Um, our our coach today is Callie Orozco. Um, I hope I said it right. Um, our first Forney ISD's first ever water polo coach. Correct. First, another first for yeah. the one two six. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, you haven't been on here before, so we are going to jump into. The Ozone, and then Coach O will take it from there. Well, all right. So today, for the subject spotlight, we're talking bread and cheddar. What? You guys know what bread and cheddar is? I know what bread is, what? and I know what cheddar is, what? but I don't think I know what you know, you're referring to. slang term for nope. money? Oh, yeah, gotcha. Okay. No. We're talking grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> so, you know, I'm wanting to know, are you a fan of the grilled cheese? How do you like it? Are you bougie in like multiple cheeses? Or do you just like, you know, mild cheddar with some butter on the bread? How do you like it? So we'll start with Coach Orozco. How do you like your grilled cheese? You know, I, I like them both ways. 
I like them fancy and I like them at home. But when I when I make them at home, I actually put uh, mayonnaise instead of but, butter on heard this. It's a thing. Okay, I've yeah. never heard this yeah. before. So I use mayonnaise to for my bread as I'm like frying the bread. But so I, I like any kind of cheese. Stinky cheese, the better it is, the stinkier it is for me. Okay. Yeah. Now The so, mayonnaise thing does work. Yeah. I've tried it. It's pretty mayo good. or Miracle Whip? Because it's two different mm. things. Mayo. Never yeah, Miracle, I'm a whip. miracle whip. whip. Yeah, I'm a Miracle Whip person. Never. You can never, taste the ever. sugar in that. Yeah. Well. Real, <laughs> real mayonnaise. Okay. Coach Weaver? All right. Now. I tend to agree that I've never met a grilled cheese I didn't like. However, if you ask the younger version of me, you get a piece of sunbeam white bread, you put mayonnaise on one side, butter on the other. You put the butter side down on the skillet, and then you put some Velveeta cheese on the mayonnaise, and then you put your other bread with mayonnaise on top of the Velveeta cheese and then butter on that side. And then when it gets nice and brown, you flip it. That's all you got to do. When that Velveeta starts running out the side, you've got world's greatest grilled cheese sandwich. Now, the older version of me, I will go with multiple cheeses and, you know, maybe use some different kind of breads and whatever. Arugula or something. Sure. Right, isn't there? You just can't go wrong, though, um, with sunbeam bread and Velveeta cheese. And Miracle Whip. Never. I've got to try this. I've miracle never done this with my grilled cheese. I've never, never put miracle. miracle. Are y'all a fan of dipping your grilled cheese? Yes, I am too. In, I in I what? love, I love to dip it in chili. Not me, tomato. I'm tomato Great. soup. No, no, chili. No, no. It's awesome. I, I could see where that would be good though. It's good. You just eat your grilled cheese with some Fritos on the side. <laughs> and see, I, the chips I have to have are Lay's potato chips. I'm not just eating right. Fritos. Just have you ever had Fritos, Fritos with mustard? No. That's really good. Is it? Okay. Yes. I'll have to try yeah. that. Maybe I'll try that on my Frito pie. It could be regular mustard, or you can get really stuff. fancy and get some like fancy deli mustard. Mm. It's good. Okay. Well, I'm just a standard grilled cheese girl, and now shout out to Carrington, because she fixes the best grilled cheese. The bread is perfect. I tend to, um, my bread gets torn up. I don't know if the skillet isn't hot enough, or I don't put enough butter on it. I don't know, but it doesn't look like hers, and and she doesn't smash it all. I smash mine. Mine just looks mangled. But anyway, it tastes good. But I'm going to try this Miracle Whip. Maybe it's the, it's the mayonnaise. That's Regular mayonnaise, not yeah. Miracle Whip. Well, no, I, no, I'll go with Miracle Whip. Yeah, I, I, all I have is Miracle Whip in the refrigerator. You that's probably what, use Miracle Whip, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, for my bacon sandwiches. <laughs> so that's, that's where I'm at. Do you I'm put at. bacon on your grilled cheese? I have before. Yes, I have before. Bacon, yeah. Bacon's good on everything. Bacon is good on on any sort of sandwich that you're looking for. Um, but grilled cheeses, why why grilled cheeses? We're talking water polo, and you ain't grilled cheeses. Well, I don't know why bread and cheddar came in my mind. Um, I think I maybe I wanted a grilled cheese yesterday, but okay. then my kid wasn't here to make it for me. Um, and so it just, n- no, because I, I like the way she does it. I even tried to do it in the air fryer. It was way too crispy. Hmm. Out of the air fryer. That's way interesting. Too crispy. So, yeah, so let's talk water polo. By the way, we have regular Miracle Whip Cocho, and we have mayonnaise Star Wars loving Cocho. Um, <laughs> so, we have double Cochos today. But how did you end up being the water polo coach for Forney ISD? 
What is the path well, of this? I'm interested to hear her answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I take it to the man upstairs. I, I really think that sometimes you have your plans set and they don't end up being what you think they're going to be. That's not why you're here. So um, uh, we came in, I came in to talk to about a different position and through the course of that time, just I, in my heart, I kind of felt like that's not the right place and just kind of asked a question about water polo and, and then prayed on that a lot and <laughs> waited to hear back. So I, I guess that's how it happened. But it, I mean, to me, I attribute that to like, that's, it's not, it's providence, right? Mm -hmm. It's not really me making my plan. I didn't plan for it at all. Yeah. It fell on my lap a little and I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, what, how do you approach like starting a program differently than coming in and working with the established program? I mean, well, the, the great thing is, is that I've been coaching volleyball for 22 years. And when I went into, I, when I graduated from college and I stopped playing, I went back to my old high school and asked them about volleyball, about the volleyball position there. And um, they had lost every game since I had graduated. And that was really sad for me. And so I kind of had to start that program from the bottom up again. Mm -hmm. So I have done that. And I think that there's a lot of patience that needs to be used in the beginning portion. You know, you're teaching kids something that they've never seen before. Um, and really, like, at least for me with the volleyball um, experience, it was, I had girls that were like JV players and they were having to compete at varsity level. The good thing with this is it's all Texas <laughs> is gonna be pretty much the same, I think, unless there's some water polo club out there that's been going on for a long time, which I'm sure there is, but um, everybody's kind of in the same boat. And, and so I think the expectations are that you're building the players up you're building the program up and you can't expect um, them to know everything, be able to do everything with perfection yet. So I would say that probably comes in four years where the expectations mm -hmm. are like, okay, <laughs> you're getting cut. One good thing about starting a new sport at a school is, especially water polo, I think you will probably hear less of that criticism that we've talked about because a lot of parents, the first game they go watch their kid at is going to be the first time they've ever watched right. water polo. Right. And so they're not even going to know what calls to argue for, right. um, at least for a little bit. So enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> well, at last. Um, and hopefully I can set the tone for what yeah. you're talking about. I know that, um, that that is really important, you know, and one of the things that my coaches when I was growing up always emphasized was that you be respectful to the refs. You don't have a game without them. Like you need to understand that. And as an athlete, you need to, play that way and, you know, present yourself in that way. And so we were always told to, you know, make sure you tell them, thank you. You know, even if it was, didn't go your way, you know, like mm -hmm. you go tell them, thank you, because without them, you have nothing. And this is what you love to do. So this is your outlet. Well, another good thing about water polo is everything's happening under the water. So you can't <laughs> even see it. Yeah. How can, you can't is the ref in something. the water? No, no. They the sit up like standing, yeah. on a, on a, on the, they're on the side. They just stand uh, on the side. The, yeah, they're on the side of the pool. I mean, they can see the water's not murky, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> but um, better not be anyway. <laughs> but they, 
they don't see everything. There's no way to yeah. see everything that's going on. And there's some there's some stuff going on under yeah. the water. <laughs> that's what we talk about. A lot of people think water polo is a mix between like, you know, hand soccer and swimming, but I'm like, it also has like wrestling in it. Like it's and it basketball, is a, yeah, it's running a, plays like basketball. Right. It is so, a physical sport yeah. for sure. Um but is there anything that our listeners who, again, have not seen water polo before, is there anything they need to know about this sport? I mean, Well, I'll throw a couple of basics out okay. and then let the experts speak. But I will say, first, you can tell Coach Roscoe is very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the shirt she's wearing today, <laughs> yeah. which proves that. She's got her one two six attire on. Um, she also, she says divine providence. I will absolutely go with that. I mean, I think we're, we're prayerful people at this table. But uh, she's kind of a unicorn, you know, <laughs> honestly, um, we are in Texas. This isn't the West Coast. So yeah. there aren't just a whole lot of folks out there that are super water polo knowledgeable. Uh, we were extremely fortunate and you can define that fortune the way you want. Right. But we're blessed to have somebody who's had years of experience as a head coach who's doing a great job for us in Forney ISD as an assistant. Um already in our system, already UIL, Texas Teach, every, you know, all the stuff she needs to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, bam, UIL adds water polo, and, like, she's a custom fit for what our needs are to that, start up a new program with a sport that we haven't had before. Is that something, did y'all know that she had experience with water polo, or did you see that they were adding it and you go and say, hey. We heard through I the mean, grapevine. It was on my resume. Yeah. Or did I take it off? I'm not sure. I thought I left it, it on. We heard through the grapevine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, I would be willing to bet in our water polo district, there will be more coaches than not that are doing this there, for the I, first time right yeah I mean, i'm telling you there's going to be some swim coaches that are coaching water right, polo right yeah. there are going to be some some people that are water polo coaches that may not be as experienced as coach rosco and, and there are some clubs out there where the kids have been playing water polo obviously uh, the uil legislative council put it in and, and there was a great deal of push across the state so there are pockets uh, there will be schools in our district rockwall for example mm-hmm. that have had an auditorium for years and years and have have had kids that play in the sport for a long time so it you know you've kind of gotten all levels probably um but this is the first year for all of us right. to do it in uil sports following the uil constitution and contest rules and uh tea uil side by side and eligibility rules and and the uil water polo plan which we have now i've got a copy of it here on the <laughs> table and so forth you ask about is there something we need to know a couple of things real simply and every kid every potential parent every coach official whatever needs to know this it starts it is a fall sport it starts august 1 so water polo team practice will actually begin before school begins um it's a team sport it's it's not an individual sport and the uil rules for team and individual sports are different so Coaches can't coach during the summertime. They can only coach during their season, eight-hour rule, um, only one contest per school week, uh, eligibility rules apply, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it starts August 1st. The first game available is August 8th. Uh, it runs through October 8th for district certification, and then at the, end of, at the end of the month of October, it would be the state water polo competition. So you're talking about a, a, mm-hmm. you know, a sport that's aligned with, let's say, football and volleyball, really. Um, and that's the first thing to know is it's fall sport, all right? Um, the second thing to know is it's a team sport. 
So if you're familiar with team sport rules, water polo will fall into line with that. National Federation of High Schools team rules will will di- dictate how the game is played. UIL officials will officiate our water polo contests um, and all those UIL guidelines that are in line with the NFHS rules uh, will be in place. And so, you know, um, I'll turn it over to Coach Orozco, but I'll tell you, you know, for our kids to be successful, I know she's been out there talking to kids, and there's a lot of interest, I think, already, which is fantastic. We've got to get them in the pool playing some water polo so that we can turn that interest into success, right? Right. Yeah, so we have, on May 21st, we have a a clinic, an intro to water polo clinic, where we have a guy coming from USA Water Polo. I believe he's the assistant coach. And so he's going to put on a clinic for them for three hours. So that's going to be mm-hmm. really great. Um, as far as like getting them exposed to it, I think, you know, it's just like any other sport. You got to get out there. You got to do it. Um, you got to practice the basic skills. There's a lot of foundational things that are different. Um, there's a lot of swimmers that can swim, but this is vertical swimming, not horizontal swimming. So it's, it's different and we need to get them used to swimming that way <laughs> you know there's something called egg beater you know and so that's really how you're kind of just standing in the water because that the, even this morning when I went to brown the kids were saying well well how how do you you know how do you stay afloat and I'm like well you're you know your legs are spinning around and um they're like you don't touch the bottom and I said nope and and they're they're like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna drown yet they were standing in line to sign up so I think the kids are really excited here. I have about 25 people signed up for each team at this point. Um, how many teams are we having? How How is that working? Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean it's got to shake out. Yeah. You yeah. know, the thing is, interest uh, has to, number one, pan out. Right. <laughs> you know, the kids have got to show up and go through all the processes and get UIL approved and and uh, sports physical right. and mm-hmm. sign all the forms and rank one and everything else. Yeah. Then they've got to go through the, you know, they've got to get it. But look, um, all that's really going to take place in August. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the interest now for kids, this would be my advice, needs to turn into going to that clinic, right. needs to turn into signing up for summer strength conditioning programs, right. needs mm-hmm. to turn into getting into anything that Metroplex Aquatics offers in our pool, by the way, uh, the grand opening for our aquatic center here in Forney ISD is on May 12th. Uh, kids are already starting to get in the water now with our school programs, but once we have the grand opening, obviously the public's invited in. Metroplex Aquatics will run um, courses, right? You know, whether it's met, um, water aerobics or learn to swim programs or club competitive swim or hopefully water polo, if there's a, enough kids interested to do that, then they could get some work throughout the summer right to give them a great advantage going into august is there you said something about brown so we will have middle school teams as well no it's high school she's talking about eighth graders oh eighth graders okay so i'm going to get interest like to see who's interested and are you coaching both sides like we do with swimming good good question too um actually because we're 6a and 5a now we will Mm -hmm. be we will be I, i hate to say splitting because we're still all working together but we'll have two separate swim programs Um, Coach Thompson will continue to lead the Forney High School swim program. And Coach Chen, who has been helping at North, been coaching at North Forney already, will take the North Forney group and, um, you know, 
begin to progress them in their own classifications. The truth is some of their contests are going to go on at the same time. I mean, they don't have the same regional regional swim event. They don't have, you know, the district may be going on at different times. So we kind of have to do that. And, and we're, our growth, I think, speaks to that anyway. Because we're just starting up water polo, we're starting it up much as we did swim a decade ago with Coach Orozco will be the head coach for both programs. We get it going. She's got the knowledge. Mm-hmm. and our swimming coaches will be her assistants. So she's got help on both sides, North and Forney, for for moving kids around and for instruction in the water and monitoring areas and monitoring kids. So we th- we think it's a pretty good system. Um, it we'll needs see. to pan itself yeah. out, yeah. I'm just ready for Forney to establish itself as a water polo powerhouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a fresh start, so we can do that. Yeah. You know, all of our other sports have been around for – I mean, swimming, I guess, yes. is the most recent one. Yeah. It's been around for a while, but this one we can start off, hit the hit the water. Typical sports fan. Yeah. He, wants <laughs> a, so, he wants a state championship in year one. I do, well, too. Well, because it's everybody else's year one, too. So why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, He'll be the first guy in the pool yelling at the official because yeah, we got cheated. I will. I'm going to do it and get myself kicked out. Yeah. Um, so what is kind of – give us a pitch here for – athletes who okay. may not know anything about water polo who who you would love to come come and and check it out and go to the clinic and maybe try it out so for me i can only go by my own experience you know with the sport itself so i had i played volleyball and i was getting scouted by a junior college coach um from my sophomore year and I went to, i don't know they had some sort of camp or something during the summer in in between my junior and senior year and he he watched me play and he said what happened to you like what happened because uh, water polo used to be for us was in the spring so I was able to play volleyball and then in the spring try out for water polo but he said you're hitting so hard and I said I started playing water polo it just completely changed like my muscle structure up up top where I didn't have any power before and then I, I I attribute water polo to why I played in college mm. like I don't think that I could have had I not done that sport because I would have never understood the strength necessary to play at the D1 or at the JC and and, and so um, I would say for well just like any athlete if you only play one sport eventually you're gonna get injured your body just can't handle that so like playing other sports is actually really important I think athletically um, to change up for your muscles, strengthen other areas so that you're not getting sport-specific injuries. Um, so that's the first thing. And and because this is in the water, there's a lot uh, less trauma, I think, than other sports. You know, I mean, there's, you know, there's a hardship of playing water polo, but and to your body, at least, it's not as harsh, I think, as other sports, you mm-hmm. know, going in the water. Um, so I, I would say this, your stamina, it's the hardest sport I've ever played. Your stamina is going to increase tenfold. I, and I'm not joking, like tenfold. Um, and then your strength is going to increase because it's a different type of strength. It's not like weightlifting strength. It's like, you know, like farm farm strength. I don't yeah. know. So you're doing stuff like consistently and it's a different kind of core strengthening. So that's going to change. Um, and then because it is hard, I think mentally you're getting a tougher athlete because especially since it's new, 
you know, they don't know what to expect. They're going to have to fight through a lot of things mentally. And so for me, it was just a, a huge turnaround. I think I gained a lot of confidence in who I was as an athlete. And so I, I for other kids that are playing, I think that it, it would help anybody to be better at anything, whatever they're passionate about, if they just wanted to try it and they're really passionate about basketball um, or they're passionate about track and field, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Like it, it becomes something where it's going to empower you in what you're doing and what you have passion in. Or maybe you get passionate about water polo because it's brand new and you realize like this is the sport you've been waiting for. You didn't know about it. And so this is it. So. Well, I could say I've played very little water polo, played a little bit in college. And as soon as I, I was like, this is awesome. I was in a swim class with a bunch of really good swimmers. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't keep up with them. But whenever we started playing water polo, I was like, this has a ball. It has teams. Right. I, this makes way more sense to me as a basketball person. Yes. Um, and so it was, I mean, it was so much fun. And if I had the opportunity to, I would have played it a lot more. But it's, water polo to me is one of those sports that, it's kind of a shame that our that our school year isn't longer mm-hmm. because, like you said, I think that every one of our athletes, while we pay a lot of attention to football, basketball, baseball, softball type mm-hmm. stuff because those are so popular, um, it's a shame that all of those athletes cannot play water polo and right. run track and play soccer. Like, you can't do all of them, mm-hmm. but the more you can do, the better. Right. And this is one that if you're not playing, because it's fall, right? So if you're not going to play volleyball or football, already if you haven't been doing that for a long time but you're playing basketball or you're running track play water polo even if even if you're not you know immediately interested in it it will make you better at your sport and like you said the risk of injury in water polo is less you're not going to be colliding with the ground so you're going to build up a lot of different things it's a cool sport yeah um so i hope you all heard that and other coaches that listen to this encourage your players to go play water polo basketball coaches you will get better basketball players if they're playing water polo they're going to be in shape you're not gonna have to run as many suicides yeah it's it's going to be an exciting new venture for us and i know coach o and i are going to learn we've already learned a lot just by looking into it obviously we didn't play it um although it's got similarities as you all indicated to sports that we currently have and have participated in um it's going to be neat to introduce something new we haven't done that in over a decade and uh, it's going to be fun to follow Coach Orozco as she builds that program. Um, would love to win a state championship like Addison is going to try to root for in year one. <laughs> hey. But we're pretty realistic. We understand it's it, just like our swimming program. It took some time to build, but eventually we started having good success. And um, kids get a great deal of of development out of it mm-hmm. that's still what's most important here our our, our state yeah. cha- state championship um aside those Let's things are great <laughs> but i'm encouraged because i think this is going to be a really fun environment i think it's going to be a really beneficial sport we've got a brand new pool that's about to open um it's just a neat opportunity yeah um real quick is there if you don't have access to a pool how do you get better at water polo is there anything that these, because uh, the reason I'm asking this, because I have a student who's super pumped about water polo, mm-hmm. but since our pool will be open soon, but he's been working out a lot, trying to get in better shape. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's just pretty, they should just continue to do pretty standard athletic training, you know, standard, a lot of push-ups. Uh, yeah. There's a pool in Fox Hollow. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Get into one of those pools. Yeah, there's there's kinda, enough pools in Forney. Yeah, if you want to get in one, you I would can. say that it's hard. It's hard to train without. But I mean, as fun as it is, jogging. Yeah. You know, would probably get you some endurance, like maybe two miles, three yeah. miles, uh, or more. Uh, and then I would say just a ton of push-ups, ton of sit-ups. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean. Pretty standard athletic training stuff. Yeah. yeah. But whatever you think you need to do, do more of them for water polo. You know, you know what you could do? I mean, I do this sometimes with the volleyball is you get it above your head and you kind of just, you could throw it to someone across like the gym. And so without moving your legs, because that's the, so you could do things like that to, to work on passing and accuracy, things like that. And I say use a volleyball because it's generally the same size. The water polo ball is much heavier and hurts much more if you get it with, but it, they're about the same size. Well, at least for girls. Hey, it's, uh, you'd, you'd be surprised how much you can find out on YouTube. That's what we've yeah. been learning about. Yeah. So I would say like, go look at. We're semi-experts. Yeah, there, there's my advice. Go look on YouTube and watch yeah. the USA water polo play and look at some of the drills they do, and you can learn a lot. Sounds like you better go to May 21st to mm-hmm. that, to yeah. that uh, information, and you, there's somebody from USA water polo is coming out to do a little clinic. I would strongly encourage any student that's, in, that's interested to sign up for strength conditioning programs at your respective campus in the summer. That's going to help you get prepared both physically and mentally. And then keep an eye on our Metroplex Aquatics programs that they offer in our pool, which is about to open up. Timing's good for this. There's about to be a pool available to everyone um, for for specific programs. So There will be something this summer. Good. Not okay. sure about how what the following years, but... Yeah. There will be something this summer, I think, to prepare. Fantastic. Yeah. That's good to know. Cool. That's good. Encouraging for our kids. Yeah. That mm-hmm. We need that to get them ready for August right. 1. Right. We're excited. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to have to go because I, I don't think I've had the opportunity to go to a first game for one of our, mm. yeah. you know, campuses. So I think uh, I'm going to have to go check that out. Especially since you're a water polo veteran. Yeah. Uh, slightly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I played very few water polo games, and I don't know if I'll ever get to play another one, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, I just want to learn how to swim. <laughs> oh, that's right. This whole episode. Shout is out, just, Coach Thompson. She was yeah. a little quiet, <laughs> yeah. I noticed. Yeah. Well, you know, it's we're talking about water. I, I have a natural fear of it. so We've I mean, said this before, Coach. There's a three-foot learn-to-swim area mm-hmm. on a whole end of our new aquatic center. And you got I think it. it's just I, per- perfect. Look, now we can fix it so you can get in that exclusive access to that pool. Well, Not Coach Mack. Come on. He's already been trying to sneak in in the after I'm hours. trying to get in shape. So I don't have a pool. But Coach O, we can get you in there. Well, I plan I, to. I am offended right now. <laughs> well, well, I plan a year from now so that I want to be sitting in this seat, maybe before before the end, saying, I can now swim. And All that right. you swam with the dolphins. Yeah. Right? And then that's a dream? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All hey, right. what was it, what was this episode called? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. They can see it on the little title. They don't need to know the, the title of the episode. They're all right. But anyway, Coach, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you for taking for on the challenge. Um, we wish you the best with your upcoming season, and we are super excited to see how it all goes down. Thank you. Um, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe, share it out, tell your friends. 
Co- tell other coaches we're here to help. We're here to um, support all of our programs here at Forney ISD. And that is all the time we have. We'll talk the to you The 126 Waterpalooza.